This week on the Off the Crossbar podcast, we welcome the man that may have the most TikTok followers in all of lacrosse. The Toronto Rock get a new coaching staff. The Canadian Fall Classic lineups were announced this week, and I get ratio, and it taught me a lesson. All that and more on OTCB. My name is Teddy Jenner and welcome back for another year of National Lacrosse League Action. Matthews quick stick. Are you kidding me? By Dylan Ward. I don't believe what I just saw. That's the shame of the year right there. Oh wow. Claire right down the middle, shoots and he's gone. NHL season has me itching to get back into our barns and our arenas in front of our fans and just feel that energy. Cannot wait. December 3rd, Pachanga Arena in the heart of San Diego, California. Myself, Coop Perkins. opening game of the NLL season. Warriors and Seals. Man, I cannot wait. Uh, looking forward to getting down to San Diego for week one of camp uh, in a couple weeks. Get my first experience at Knockaround Field. Feel the sunshine on my body. And watch the boys go to battle. My name is Teddy Jenner. This is the Off the Crossbar podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Off the Crossbar. You can email me teddy.jenner at gmail.com or find the show on Instagram at OTCB podcast. This week, we will uh, talk with the guy that I believe I haven't done a full background check, um, but I believe he has the most... TikTok followers of any lacrosse player that is on the app. He has more than Paul Rabel. He has more than the NLL, more than the PLL. And his side hustle is a log runner. It is a wild scene. If you have ever seen any of Tyrell Hamer Jackson's TikToks, 
it could be the best crossover hybrid development skill-wise, strength-wise, mobility-wise off-season job that a face-off specialist could have. He is up and down. He's got to have quick feet. He's using his hands and his fingers and his grip strength. It's, it's crazy. We get into it. We talk all about it. We talk about the life on the boat. We talk about how we got into it. We talk about uh, the face-off factory and the work that he's doing. With guys like Joe Nardella and Chase Fraser trying to get more kids adept at being well-rounded face-off men, people, draw guys. There's the word. Um, so we'll talk all about that. Uh, as mentioned, the Canadian rosters, both men and women, for the Canadian Fall or for the uh, Fall Classic, were announced. It's uh, Canada men and women versus Team USA men and women. Uh, the Canadian men will take on UVA as well, the national champs, and the women will take on Boston College, the national champs, in uh, a couple of games over the weekend. Um, at U.S. Lacrosse Headquarters in Maryland. Uh, I believe those games are indeed being streamed. Uh, just follow Team Canada Lacrosse on Twitter, Canada, at Canada Lacrosse, and uh, they'll be posting all the links up there. But we'll kind of get in-depth uh, on some of the rosters uh, in a little bit um, because when you look at the rosters, they're, you know, they especially the men's team, yes, you're going to recognize 75 80% of those names, but they're not all the big names. Right, so this fall classic is sort of a a throughway for some of the younger guys to get some experience, some of the college kids to get an opportunity to wear the Maple Leaf, play at a high level. So we'll get into that in a bit. Um, we'll get to Tyrell Hamer in a bit. Um, we'll get to the Rock staff in a bit. Social media is so weird in the fact that. Last night, before I got to watch the Oilers game, I was watching the Canada versus Panama World Cup qualifier. And Canada now has an incredible shot to make our first World Cup since 86. We've got a pretty good path. We've got some work to do, but last night's win really helped. And in that game, Alfonso Davies, one of the best players in the world, and he's only 20, and he's Canadian, which is just really unfathomable to think that one of the best players in the world in soccer is a 20-year-old Canadian left back. But in that game, he scored an absolute wonder goal where he tracked down a ball that he was 40, 50 yards, like 40 yards away from, had no point and no chance of getting it, somehow wins the ball, goes down, Beats a defender, tucks it short side, and makes it 2-1. Ends up being the winning goal. The, the place goes nuts. Social media of Canadian soccer fans goes absolutely bananas. And in that moment, I put out a tweet that said, biggest goal in Canadian soccer history. And in my mind... I was actually trying to find the Canadian men's soccer team Twitter account, but couldn't find it because it's like C-A-N-M-N-T or something like that. 
I couldn't find it for some reason. And I couldn't figure out the hashtag. So I didn't even put it in there. So it just said, biggest goal in Canadian soccer history. And my good friend and your good friend, Ashley Docking, got me ratioed. When she replied and said, so you must have missed the Olympics. LOL. And it clicked in my brain that my statement generalized all of Canadian soccer, men and women together, when that wasn't even my point. And I wasn't even trying to disclude the, the women. But the way that it was worded and how it came out makes it seem like I was generalizing all of Canadian soccer, when in reality, the Canadian women this past summer scored some of the biggest goals in Canadian sports history when they went on to win Olympic gold in soccer. And it's just a clear reminder that you really do need to be careful with how you word things and your context. And again, I was no way trying to disparage what the women did. It literally hadn't even crossed my mind that that's what I was doing. But it made me think back to when the PLL wouldn't mention the Rochester Nighthawks and their three-peat. And I was like, man, I wonder if this is how they felt. People just piling on. And I didn't really get piled on. Doc made a reply. A bunch of people liked it. It was all in good fun. But for the PLL, they did it multiple times. You know what I mean? So I don't think they feel as badly as I do. However, it is just a stark reminder that when you're making comments like that, that you think of both sides. And like I said, in no way was I trying to discredit the women's soccer team. It just never even crossed my mind. But maybe that therein lies the problem with some logical thinking. Would I... See, say the Canadian men had won the Olympics. And say last night's game was Panama-Canada women's soccer. And Christine Sinclair scores that goal. Do I tweet biggest goal in Canadian soccer history? Or would I have tweeted biggest goal in Canadian women's soccer history? It kind of makes you think of how your brain works. And would I have made that differentiation if the roles were reversed? So just kind of be careful with, with how you say things and take into account both sides. It's a crazy world we live in right now. Um, but I've... I thought it was just kind of a, a quirky moment last night in what was an absolutely phenomenal soccer game. Um, yes, I did mean men's soccer because the women are absolutely owning the sport right now. But our Canadian men are trying to do something that hasn't been done in our country. What's that, 35 years? Unreal. Uh, it was a phenomenal scene last night at BMO. Um, it's just amazing to see fans back in the stands of Canadian sporting venues. 
as mentioned. The NHL kicked off uh, two nights ago. Um, there were a couple games in Canada, Canada last night, so it was just great to see fans in the stands. And in six weeks' time, we will be able to have fans in the stands for NLL games on both sides of the border. Speaking of the border, good news is this week being reported that the Americans will open the border to non-essential travelers driving across the border. That is huge. Now, there's still going to be testing required to go back and forth. You know, you're still going to need those COVID tests. However, it is a amazing step in the right direction to allow fans and players and staffing to get to games and make things a little bit easier for the NLL to get this season underway and going. Because who knows? Knock on wood that nothing goes awry and we take like 20 steps backwards and we have to slow the train down. Let's just hope this whole thing keeps going forward, keeps moving like a tugboat chugging along in the water, carrying its logs. We just stay focused, keep our heads down, keep our masks on, and we can all get playing lacrosse again. Tyler Hamer Jackson of the Vancouver Warriors is definitely excited to get back to playing some lacrosse. He has been grinding his ass off on the waters of British Columbia as a log runner. It may not be something you even know existed as a job, but due to COVID and the pandemic, he's allowed it to let himself kind of show his personality and show others what a day in the life for him is like. He has over 250,000 followers on TikTok. Over 5 million likes on his videos. And now he's getting prepared for his very first full pro training camp. He was a late addition when Bob Snyder got hurt for the Warriors a couple years ago. And now he's in a prime position to be their everyday draw guy, win an everyday roster spot, and compete with the Warriors and try to get them into the playoffs and beyond. It's a fantastic one-on-one -on -one chat with one of the good guys in the NLL. This is Tyrell Hamer-Jackson right here on the Off the Crossbar podcast. Welcome back here to the show where we're joined now by one of the hottest TikTokers in all of the sport of lacrosse. He even has more followers and likes than the great Paul Rabel. He is Tyrell Hamer-Jackson. Brother, how are you? I am good. How about yourself? Uh, I'm fantastic. Uh, did you know you're crushing Paul Rabel in social media likes and follows? No, no. I don't know. I don't even go there. <laughs> That's a beast. I wouldn't even want to be in the same category. As <laughs> um, 
you you have made a bit of a name for yourself on TikTok. We'll get to that, but uh, we're getting close to Vancouver Warriors training camp, and uh, you had a bit of a run with them back in the COVID season. Uh, now you're getting ready to go back for a full year with them. How has preparation been going as camp gets going in a month? Prep's been going. I mean, it's been pretty steady since we got shut down. I mean, ever since I I got the call, I've kind of had the feeling that I gotta I gotta work to stay there, and I mean. There's going to be guys coming to camp that want my job and I'm going to do everything I can to keep my job. So that's where I'm at. And I'm just trying to kind of stay, stay in shape and stay fast. And, and uh, I mean, watching film and, and going over stuff I need to go over is a big part of staying there. So yes, that's, that's where I'm at with it. Just got to maintain it. As a, as a draw guy, what do you look for when you watch film? Because there's there's not a lot of close-ups of the face-off. So how do you kind of gauge where you're at skill-wise, talent-wise, and, and how you go up against other draw guys? I look for, I mean, there's lots to look at when, when you're watching film. I mean, I can slow it down. I can I can see the way people are cutting the ball or or exiting. And, and I mean, like right away, like my big thing is don't be stubborn. If you lose the clamp, like you got to get on your feet and, and, and be a savage. Like I... I tell all my young guys, be John Wick when uh, right after you lose the ball, like be a bad man, find, find a way to make sure he's not picking that thing up. Cause I mean, you can win the clamp, but if you're winning the clamp and not flipping yourself or getting it to the right guys, then it don't really mean much. So countering people in the right ways and, and finding their tendencies and seeing what they do, how they stand up, how they, how they go knee down. Like it's all, I mean, I've, I've kind of been going over most of the guys in the league and uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited to to test out what I've been kind of studying. So, yeah. Do that's... you do you go into each draw with a different mindset, or you all, and or does it depend on which guy you're going up against? Definitely depends on which guy I'm going against. Like right now, I mean, we all got we all that that strength and that speed. So it's kind of a card game of reading what they're gonna do and and how they're gonna do it or how they're lined up and where to knock the ball to or. Yeah, so like like I said, it's like a card game now. I mean, everyone's got their their tricks and and uh, and their moves. So it's just it's just how you come about it and and read read their hands and read where they're gonna go with the ball. Have you always been a draw guy? Is did that come naturally to you? Uh well, I, I wasn't at the start. Like like uh, well, I'm, I've always like taken draws growing up, but I never really got into it like I got into it like in the last. I mean four or five years here I mean in junior I started to really take over and and uh I mean really bring it down to a science and then now it's I've kind of taken the next step and coaching and and uh like watching film like every day like I owe it to myself to do that like you gotta you gotta keep keep the machine going so yeah I mean I haven't always like wanted to do that I've I've kind of just that's I've been told like even like Ray Porcelato is a big, big influence on why I'm doing what I'm doing. And he told me like I was playing offense from New West. He told me like, hey, like, buddy, I don't think if you want to make it somewhere, you're going to be an old guy in the league. So you're going to have to find your niche, find it. And that's what I've kind of done. Like I'm a smaller guy. Like that's why sometimes I feel bad for the bigger guys because like I'm already down there. Right. So they got to <laughs> get up and down. So I kind of found my niche and I'm I'm just going to try to keep excelling at it and, and get better and better every day. So that's, that's where I stand with it. Yeah. When, yeah. when you made that little adjustment um, and just kind of focus on being a draw guy, who were some of the guys that you modeled your, your style after? Did you kind of make your own hammer style? 
Yeah, well, I, I got my own style, but I mean, Jake Withers, big, big uh, influence. I mean, he's one of the best. I think he is one of the best. Joe Nardella as well. I mean, I've been kind of working with him and talking with him lately and uh, just trying to find the happy medium of where I stand between those. I mean, not two guys, but like, there's lots of guys I look at. I could, mm -hmm. I can name a thousand names right now. Probably not a thousand, but I can name, <laughs> name a few that I watch and I take a piece out of, out of every guy. Right. Cause I mean, there's no one here around here, like coaching me, teaching me what to do. So you got to take it on yourself to stay where you are. And I mean, take a piece out of each guy and mm -hmm. find what you like and what works for you. Is there a lot of communication between draw guys kind of universally just talking about styles and techniques? Uh, Depends. Depends what they want to give you or what they want to <laughs> So, I mean, I mean, there's a few guys that, that don't really want to help you and mm -hmm. I won't mention any names, but uh, I mean, they, they, they kind of hide it and kind of keep their own to their own, but I'm a firm believer of, I want you to know everything I know and I want to know everything, you know, because if we're training together, we're going against each other and you're the best. And if I can't beat the best, I probably shouldn't be here. Right. So even my kids, like I give them, I give them everything I got, everything I got. I give them like, I, I break it down with them and they start beating me. And I'm like, Oh, it, it, it makes me think like, what's another way I can, I can, I can beat these guys or like I can get better. So that's why I say just adjust to it and give up all your information, I think. And then you got to just get better. Like, like find, find what it is to be the best. Right. So if you know it all and they know it all, you just got to, be the best there right so is, is there are you kind of building a little army of of, of face-off guys over there in the mainland i think so i think we got <laughs> i i personally think we got the best in bc right now of, of all the kids that come see me and and come to my sessions like they had a tournament last weekend and all the guys that won the tournament they're they're all draw guys from from face-off control and, and face-off factory so i think I think it's it, people are starting to realize like I was getting a few other calls after this tournament, the teams that weren't winning and those kids are now at the camp and, and they, they finally realized like, Oh man, like possessions are a big deal. And they are, we got the ball all game. You're not really going to lose. So do they, yeah. do they follow you on TikTok? I think they might. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, how did you get into that? Was that just a, a COVID thing? Um, just something to pass the time to, to keep motivation and spirits high on the ships? 100%. I mean, I was just, I was in Kamloops actually, and I had some old videos on my phone and I threw it up overnight and I woke up and I was like, is this app a joke? Like <laughs> I just had 500,000 views on this video. Like I had half a million views on a video and I woke up, I showed my mom, I was like, mom, look at this. This is crazy. She's like, yeah, whatever. Like she didn't, <laughs> she didn't care. Like, I mean, it's still nothing. It's just, it's just people looking at a video, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was kind of started in COVID and then people started hitting me up, coming out with me, filming me. And then now it's, I mean, it's still just, it's still just an app where you just throw up videos and people just watch it and, and then they move on with their life. Right. So it's, it's not, it's not too big. It's not as, as cool or crazy as you think, but it's, it is kind of cool when you see all the comments and all the people interested in what you do. Half of it, I think, is they don't even know what the hell I'm doing. So. Right. I, I think that's the big one. Like, so, so what is your, are you a, a lumberjack? Are you a logger? What's the technical term for your job? The technical term is a deckhand. So I'm a deckhand oh. on a tugboat. So there's a, there's a captain and then there's a deckhand, like on a two-man boat. That's what I'm right. usually on. So, yeah, I mean, I call it being a log runner because, I mean, lots of the social media people kind of 
they they dig into that more and that's what i'm doing i'm running on logs and whether it's the winter the summer like that's my job i got to do it how, how did you get into it like that's not i don't think that's something that's at like a, a job fair when you're in high school yeah no no and it should be like like i think i think that's what i say it's it's not for everyone but like everyone like it's like everyone should be doing it right like like if it's for you you could be doing it but right. it's definitely not right. for everyone but I mean, I got into it with my friends, like my buddy, Eric Johansson. If you ever see the guy in the TikToks, the big guy, the big Jack guy with the mullet and all the tattoos, like such a nice guy, like doesn't look <laughs> like as hardcore as he is, but he's such a beauty. Um, yeah, he kind of, I mean, I was actually at a Bellies game, getting a burger in a lineup and I was working at a car auction. I'm like, hey man, like, fuck, like, sorry, excuse my language, right. but I was talking to him and He's like, yeah, man, this job would be perfect for you. You get a workout every day. Like, like, I mean, you'd love it. So I came out, trained with him. He trained me up. He was a deckhand at the time. And now he's my captain along with a guy named Justin Snowden, which is another guy in the videos that you'll see. So yeah, my buddy's got me into it. And I mean, you get to go out in the water every morning. You're, you're dealing with terrible shit. Sorry. Stuff every day. And I mean, you're with your buddies and it yeah. is what it is and you just figure it out so and the better the more you do it the better you get at it and it's it, those big problems aren't aren't big problems anymore yeah and, and honestly like watching the videos <laughs> you know you are exerting a lot of effort whether it's just trying to stay balanced on a log floating in the water or pulling up the chains like it is a lot of work i don't think people really understand how much effort goes into being a log runner yeah yeah no like every like i mean that's what i say is like you just want to get it done like if you're out there for longer than you have to be like it's probably not good like you're i mean you want to be in and out just like mm -hmm. taking the draw right you, you don't want to be standing out there for too long like like there's bad stuff that can happen if you're out there so you want to get it done as quick as possible get back in the boat and i mean get your stuff to the mill and try to i mean you're not going to go home you'll probably just end up doing more work <laughs> what, what's the like, hardest part about about that gig uh big parts the mental side of it i mean you got to deal with lots of mental stuff like you're looking at some ties like they're called ties when chains are all together and you gotta you gotta undo it and you gotta, you gotta use the boat to undo it and i mean that's that's not the mental side of it the mental side of it would probably be the 12 to 14 hour shifts where you're out there and then you gotta keep going you're tired yeah i mean yeah so there's a lot of like i said there's a lot of stuff that like you guys would look at and you'd be like holy like i used to look at and be like there's no way there's no way i can figure this out yeah but now the more you do it, <clears throat> it gets easier and easier and those big problems aren't big problems anymore like even you're training the new guys and like they just don't get it and you're like oh man like like we say like you're you're pretty much you're green for at least a full year when you're out there so some guys will be there and they'll be like, oh yeah, like I got the job, like I can do it. And then you're like, oh buddy, like you're going to be pretty stupid for about a year. <laughs> so we call those guys being stupid for, for about a whole year. And yeah. I was too. So, I mean, yeah, takes, takes a, a while to get it, but once you get it, it's, it's pretty damn simple. How, how long have you been doing it now? Uh, four and a half years. Crazy. Yeah. Four and a half years. So technically two and a half because we only work half the year. yeah right um and you're are you working right in the fraser there right <laughs> between the the mainland and yeah, fraser and georgia Strait. like i just got back from a trip from powell river and uh, oh crazy yeah we went to port mellon as well so we got this barge run we did fuel barge and uh just got back from a big long trip right now so is there a, a fine bucket if you fall in the water 
no no just a big <laughs> laugh and everyone on the radio <laughs> chirps yeah and <clears throat> hopefully you're hopefully you're safe and everything's good yeah but of course i mean you try not to fall in like the more you fall in there's more chance bad things can happen mm-hmm. but, yeah um, i mean i've heard of guys buying guys a it's like because captains will bump deckhands in all the time by accident like the boat will hit a log and right. i've been bumped in lots like yeah sometimes on purpose even but no. <laughs> um, I mean, you go ahead yeah just maybe some guys buying a guy a case of beer yeah. if they knock him in or yeah you're are you why do i think other lacrosse guys have been in the tugboat world it was like rob van beek a tugger and sean Dolly was a tugger i've heard i've heard his name come up a lot when i meet guys out there they say oh van beek was a beast like yeah just he'd work 12 hours and he said he'd he'd rather work his 12 hours and go to a game than sit at home and it's <laughs> i believe it like it's yeah. like your 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 engine's primed by that time like you're moving all day you're ready to go you're ready to play lacrosse like it's a lot like lacrosse you got a pike pole out there you got to pick stuff up under the water with the pike pole pull it up to your hand and like i don't know i've heard lots of good things about him he worked for harkin i'm pretty sure yeah and yeah i heard he was a beast out there so yeah um good for him. It, it has to be very correlated you know being a draw guy working with your hands quick movements and being a log runner like when yeah. I watch, you know, some of your videos, I'm like, yeah, that's got to be like awesome wrist strength for the guy. That's got to be awesome footwork for the guy because, you know, you're jumping back and forth between logs, you're, you're sprinting between booms and then you're picking up the chokes and all that. Like it has to be one of the most rare, but very simpatico cross training. Yes. No, that's what I said. I think, I mean, I kind of, I don't want to say I have an advantage because, but on other guys all year, but I, I, I get to do this all year and it's, it's very related to my job, like getting down there and dropping like two turns out of a ring is like, is like you're locked up 50, 50 and you're clamping for the ball and, and you got to get it. You got like certain amount of time to get it and you got to get out of there and then you run and you got to pick up a chain that's hanging and steal it and bring it back to the boat. So it's like grabbing a Lucy, mm-hmm. pulling up to your hand, you got to unchoke it. I mean, carry it along, balance along the log. It's like you're running down the floor and then, throw it on the boat see you later on to the next thing right yeah it, it, it's a very cool um <laughs> relationship between the two jobs uh, you, you kind of got the call um from vancouver when unfortunately bobby snyder went down with the injury um but your time was well overdue what was it like getting that call from dan richardson um that you were going to be in the national lacrosse league oh it was it was almost everything to me like that's all i've ever wanted and i kind of I kind of took a step back from lacrosse the year before I, I didn't play that year in the WLA and uh, I was pretty hard on myself. So I went and just kind of worked every day I could. And I was out there and I was like, man, like, this is not really what I want to do for my whole life. But so that's why like, I take a lot of pride in working out and, and kind of like, I want to say, I want to be the hardest working guy out there. Like I'm not very big. Right. So I have to be and getting that call, like driving to Rogers arena when, when we we're playing that home game, I was just like, holy shit, this is real. Like, like I've, I've wanted this for a long time. And I mean, I wasn't where I should have been then. Like I was 24, hadn't played in a while, got thrown in a game against uh, Georgia. And uh, I mean, like it was, it was, uh, it was, it meant quite a bit to me, but I realized once I got there, how much harder I have to work now to, to be effective in that league and to help my team out and, and be the guy for my team. So you only got two games that year and it's been, you know, <laughs> stoppage since um, you did get to play in the, in the WA, you know, summer, you know, the, the XLL kind of um, 
WLA all-star game. You got some lacrosse in this year. Did it just kind of spark the itch to get back at it? Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like, I mean, playing that indoor games, a whole different game for other guys. Like it's, it's, it's what we do here in Canada. That's all we've really known. I mean, it's even playing in that series. It was fun. I mean, we didn't, we didn't win, but I mean, I feel I did my job in the circle and uh, I like when I'm out there, I'm getting chirped all the time by the guys, even like the TikTok stuff. I'm hearing it all the time and I love it. Like, I don't know. It's not, it's something that doesn't bother me, but uh, yeah. some guys really try to take it and make it bother me, but it doesn't. Yeah. So. Well, it just means that they're following you and they're keeping tabs on you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's okay with me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, you know, camp will start here in a month. Uh, what's what's the process for you over the next few weeks to make sure that you're ready when Warriors open up? Process is going to try to, I mean, I've been trying to gain another 10 pounds here because I'm probably going to lose 10 pounds at camp. So uh, every day there's a workout. Every day I'm doing reps. I mean, three times a week we got reps with our kids and mm -hmm. and then we bring out older boys too to do the, the elite reps. And like last night we had elite reps with our Thursday night crew and uh, like Chase Fraser's out. Ben, Benny Coghill's a, night, a, a new kid for uh, Maple Ridge. Caden McIntosh. Um, there's, a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of young boys that are coming out that are, that are getting really good and they're making it really hard on me and they're helping me train. And, and these are kids a year and a half ago that <clears throat> didn't have their stance right, didn't know how to clamp the ball. And now they're making it a card game against me and we're going head to head. And I mean, we took 88 reps last night and it's like hot yoga. We get them all... We get them all in three rounds and you get best of fives, bang, you hit out five draws against each guy, move to the next. You hit yeah. that first round and then we go through three rounds and, and uh, I mean, it's helped me get ready. No one else is really doing it in town or the guys that are coming to camp. So yeah, that's the way I'm preparing, taking live heavy reps against my kids, then going to see uh, my trainer, Eric Torchia at um, East Van Physio and then also Matt matt holtzman at uh east van as well we do our team workouts so um yeah i'm just just trying to get everything i can in right now so there's no excuses come camp is it crazy to think that you're a professional lacrosse player so that you have to put in the work it is but at the same time like every day i'm not thinking that way like i'm thinking like buddy you gotta you gotta work harder so that you keep your job like you might not be like i might not be in a month right if mm -hmm. i don't do what i need to do so I'm working, I'm working my bag off as my dad would say, just go out there and work your bag off. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I hope I piss a couple people off and, and uh, keep my job and that's it. Uh, where can people find more information about your camps and then and, and the face off Academy that you're working on over there? Um, you can follow face off control on Instagram or face off factory. Uh, they're big in the States right now. Joe Nardella runs them and uh yeah, that's that's kind of we've we've partnered up with them and we're we're kind of gonna do a couple things here in the near future and train together and like that's just gonna be a whole new learning process for me is going against another top dog over there. And I mean, like not a lot of guys have kind of offered to help like that and offered to to get in there with uh with me on this. But I think it's something all the pros should be doing. If if you got if you're the best, if you're the best from where you're from. We'll all get together. We'll train, and then we'll all be the best. We'll just get better ourselves, right? So that's Absolutely, how I see it. That's mm -hmm. uh, that's a great philosophy. Uh, you know, December third will come soon enough. It's the Warriors and the Seals in San Diego. 
It'll be you. It'll be Brandon Clullen. It'll be a, a heck of a battle between two young gritty draw guys. And that that's, you know, every game starts with you two guys at the faceoff dot. And that's got to be a lot of pressure, but it's also got to be a lot of excitement. And I know it's going to be awesome when that season begins, my brother. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I live for that. That's that's the stuff I live for. So, I mean, my job's to get the ball and get off the floor. There's guys that are paid to score goals. So I got one job. I mean, I'm going to have to play some solid D too. So, um, I mean, yeah, I, I live for that stuff and, and I'm ready when that, when that ball hits the floor. That well, soon enough, you'll be at uh, 500,000 followers and 10 million likes, and you'll be the hottest star in all of lacrosse. Hammer, appreciate this as always, brother. Stay safe out in the logs. We'll see you in San Diego. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you. Have a good one. There is Tyrell Hammer Jackson. They call him the Hammer for a good reason. Um, he's got Popeye-like forearms, and uh, he is really working on his craft at becoming one of the game's best draw guys. And um, you heard him talk about, you know, he was working with Chase Fraser, Joe Nardella. Um, the Faceoff Factory uh, boys put out a little video through Chase Fraser's socials. Um, a little video about using the hammer grip, which is basically, um, I first saw this from the um, Jordan McBride's era lax, ERA lax, um, I don't know, like five years ago maybe. And where it was basically um, like an eight inch plastic cylinder, I don't know, maybe two inches wide. And it was covered in um, black grip tape. And you would slide it up the shaft of your stick all the way to the base of the plastic head at the top or wherever you wanted the grip to be. And then you would slowly pull the plastic and it would uncoil. And as it would uncoil, it will um, lay the grip tape perfectly on your stick. It's like the quick way of taping your shaft, but with this ultra grippy face-off grip. And so the boys did uh, a cool little video chase and Tyrell, Mitch Jones makes a cameo. Um, but just goes to show that these guys are, you know, trying to market themselves and trying to gain a, um, a distinct advantage any way they can, both on and off the floor. You know, using that grip tape, does it help? Probably, especially if you're a sweaty guy. Um, just being able to keep that top hand strong and not have your hand slip, um, that's got to be huge. But also, trying to market, this, market themselves off the floor to, you know, making their company, making apparel and equipment. Um, it's just awesome to see. So I wish those guys the best of luck. Uh, Hammer and the Warriors will be in San Diego to take on the Seals December 3rd, very first game of the National Cross League season. And don't forget, if you want to look your best, you want to be adorned in your team's colors, hats, jerseys, shirts, hoodies, whatever. It's going to be cold in December, especially like, you know, in Albany and Buffalo. Roch. It's going to be cold. You guys need hoodies. Check out nllshop.com or fanatics.ca and find all of your NLL apparel there. Get the goods, look your best, and be ready for game one as every team will play on opening weekend. So check out nllshop.com 
or fanatics.ca and get the hottest NLL apparel now. New look Roughnecks, Panther City, Firewolves, it's all there. Make sure you check it out. There's even some Toronto Rock swag in that store. And if you are a Toronto Rock fan, you've got a bit of a new look coaching staff. Uh, Matty Sawyer's back. Bruce Codd is back. But no more Prairie Dog. Blaine Manning out. Um, not sure why. Um, but Colin Doyle has now stepped in. Rusty Kruger has also stepped in. Brandon Miller will be a goaltending coach. I think he's been there for a little while now. But the two new additions of Doyler and Krugs, who was with Buffalo the last few years, um, great additions to the Toronto Rock staff. I was unable to get a comment from Jamie Dowick. He's probably saving it for lax class with Jumbo next week. But this is a very talented staff. Not that it wasn't when Blainer was there because he was very good at his job running that offense. But Jamie Dowick felt that a new look was needed. Maybe Blaine wanted to move on. Family, work, life, who knows? But with Colin Doyle being the, like, the director of athletics for the track, you know, he's working side by side with Jamie every day. And maybe this is something they've been talking about for a while. I know in talking with Doyler in the past, he has wanted to get more into coaching. And this is a great step for him. And that Rock staff now with Sawyer, Krugs, Cod, and Doyler, B. Miller, a staff of guys that understand what it means to be a professional, a champion, and play at the highest level to the best of your abilities. And if Colin Doyle is coaching you and you can't get fired up, you don't got a pulse, get out the door. I'm pretty sure The Rock aren't going to have any issues getting that team fired up. But I think it's just, it maybe just need a bit of a fresher look. And bringing in Krugs and Doyler to work with the, the O guys, I think it's a nice addition. It'll be interesting to, interesting to see if Colin is on the bench or if he's more, you know, associate eye in the sky type. Uh, Krug has spent some time on an NLL bench before. So he may be sort of the more face of the offensive coaching staff. We'll wait and see. Um, so that was big news out of the Toronto Rockland. Um, other than that, honestly, it's pretty quiet in the NLL right now. Um, there was a bit of confusion over the weekend when Panther City on the NLL transaction page had a list of a dozen guys or so that they had quote-unquote released. But it turns out that they were just releasing them from their roster so they could go to this Panther City open tryout that they were having in Ontario over the weekend. But they couldn't, from what I believe and have been told, this was a, how do I say, I don't want to say non-sanctioned, but this was sort of an open tryout and they needed to keep it open of players that weren't rostered 
if my term, if my wording is right, so that it didn't count towards their number of preseason practices that they have. Because you're only allowed a certain amount of training camps. And if they would have had guys at this training camp that were on their roster, I believe it would have been deemed a preseason practice or training camp. So that would have gone against their number. So by releasing all of those guys, it allowed them to go to this camp so they could see what they could do, but it wouldn't count as an official training camp date. So Ty Marrow had put out sort of um, a tweet saying, look at all these guys that Panther City had released. And it kind of caused a stir between a couple people chatting back and forth of, oh, I can't believe that guy got released and this guy deserves a shot and someone needs to sign this guy. Well, John Phillips, one of the guys that were released, went to Twitter and said, hey, guys, I'm not technically released. I'm going to be at camp. It's just kind of what had to be done. So Ty did some digging, got some answers, and that's kind of where we're at. So those guys will eventually be re-signed. They just needed to be released from their contract, I guess, um, or their status in order for most of them to attend this camp so it didn't count towards their official training camp dates. Um, some more prevalent news. Uh, PCLC signs Travis Cornwall to a one-year deal. Trav was originally or previously with The Rush. Um, Panther City puts Dawson Thede on the holdout list. Uh, Wolves released Dave Emla to the I, or from the IR. And they signed Eric Schul to a one-year deal. So... Um, other than that, pretty quiet. Um, I think teams are just kind of getting all their ducks in a row for camp to start in a couple weeks. And unless there's, you know, someone out there that's going to be a late invitee to camp, it might stay pretty quiet for the next little bit. Because I, I think most teams have the majority of their rostered players under contract. And remember, you have to have a contract to go to an NLL camp, but there's no guarantees. There's no guaranteed money. There's no guaranteed term. There's no guaranteed bonuses. Nothing like that. So just because you have a contract doesn't mean you're on the team or anything like that. It just means that you've got an invite to attend camp. The Fall Classic is this weekend. As mentioned, it's Canada, USA, men and women. They'll play each other, and then they'll play the respect the respective NCAA champions. So U.S.-Canada men's will take on UVA. U.S.-Canadian women will take on Boston College. And the rosters were announced on the Wednesday. Um, the Canadian women's roster is a mix of girls 18, like 40, somewhere around there. It's a wide mix of players. Um, you know, some are previous national team members, current national team members. Others are girls that are in their first years of college. So it will be a different look for coach Scott Teeter, um, you can watch the games on Lock Sportsnet, and it is a good group of young women. Um, 
majority of them from Ontario. Uh, Eve Ritz, uh, Ritzuk is from Sherwood Park, Alberta. Megan Keene is from Penticton, BC. But then you have um, Ali Jimerson, Lydia Sutton, Taylor Gate. Well, her dad lives there. Um, Canadian um, citizens that live in the United States. Um, it's not something you often see, um, but if you happen to be looking at that roster and you see, well, how come, you know, Taylor Gates on there? Well, her dad's Canadian, her mom's Canadian. They just happen to live in New York. Uh, the men's roster um, is a very, very young team. I'm just skimming through this. And Josh Courier might be the oldest guy in the team. Maybe Shane Jackson. But it is an incredibly young group of guys that are just out of college, um, still in college. Like Dyson Williams on there, Ryan Smith, Holden Garland, Justin Anascio. Cam Wires, Jake Stevens. Like, this is a very, very young group. Lanchbury, Teat, Donville. Like, Tyson Bell's up there in the age, but, you know, he's only really had one shot with the Canadian national team. But this is going to be a group that's coached by Matt Brown and Taylor Ray. My good buddy Chris McKay has been brought on as a coach and Jason Rudge um, as well. We talk about the progression of the national team and getting guys familiar with the program because it will be very seamless from, you know, this national team to the senior men's national team, coaching styles, skill sets, game planning, and all that stuff. To get these young guys that are the future of the program in games like this now are vital. Like, will Shane Jackson be on the men's national team uh, the next World Championships? Probably not. But why not give the guy a chance? Why not give an opportunity? He had an excellent summer in the PLL. Why not let him be a bit of a veteran presence on that offensive side for some of these young guys that are just kind of starting to get into the national team program? Shane's played on the, the indoor national team for many years. Um, I believe this will be his first shot with the field team. But again, he understands what it means to be a Canadian professional and an elite national team member. Um, so you can go to lacrosse.ca. You can find out, you can check out all these rosters. Again, Lack Sportsnet will have the game streamed live from Sparks, Maryland, October 16th and 17th. And I believe the Canadians will play two games against the Americans and against Boston College. Sorry, against well, the women, yes. Uh, against the Americans and UVA for the men. So again, Lack Sportsnet is where you can check out the games. And again, uh, I, I retweeted, I believe, both of these rosters are on my Twitter account. But again, you can go to lacrosse.ca and find the rosters there. That'll about do it. Um, William Shatner went to space the other day. You guys see that? And he, there was a video of him. So they didn't really go to space. I think they just went to like the upper atmosphere. Um... I don't know, it was like, what is it, four or five uh, people, quote-unquote civilians, went up, check it out. And 
there's a video of them all kind of floating in gravity, um, just kind of looking out the windows uh, of this space probe that they were in. <laughs> and the camera's kind of focusing on other people, then it sees Shatner, he's at like the back window, and he's looking out the window. And then he just kind of turns his face, and he's like, wow. Just the shock and the awe and the mystification on his face and the wonderment was just amazing. Like, when you're a kid and you want to be an astronaut, that's the view you want. You want to be able to go so high that you can look down on Earth and just understand how magnificent it really is. What an unbelievable experience I had to be. I don't know why that popped in my head, just was on my Twitter page when I uh, flipped over the page. Um, that'll do it. Um, we're going to take a break until camp start. And we're going to come back with a bit of a new look, fresh sound, maybe some other things. Um, unless something like major happens and we need to break it to you, but I think we're going to take the next couple weeks off, wait till training camps get going, um, and then we'll start to do full team breakdowns. We'll get into the meat of training camps and news and information and stuff like that. Uh, don't forget, we're still waiting on the TSN schedule. We're obviously still waiting on American broadcast partnership deal to come out. Um, it's going to be coming soon. I keep saying that. It'll be sooner than later. Again, it will be sooner than later because if we get any later, we'll be into the season. So stay tuned to NLL Social. Stay tuned to my socials at Off the Crossbar um, on Twitter. And uh, we'll keep you up to date. Um, appreciate Tyrell Hamer Jackson coming on. What just a crazy story. And the dude's got such uh, incredible energy um, and great outlook. I uh, hope you enjoyed that interview. Again, check him out uh, on TikTok. You can find him on Instagram. Um, and become one of the loyal followers because it's just amazing to think that, like you said, he said, he posted one video and all of a sudden had half a million views in like 12 hours. It's the power of social media, man. It is unbelievable. That'll do it. If you want to email me, teddy.jenner at gmail.com. Find the show on Instagram at OTCB Podcast. And I'm on Twitter at Off the Crossbow. Enjoy your fall. Stay dry, stay safe. Until we speak again, be excellent to each other.